What a, a wonderful and, and joy-filled road that must have been when Jesus came into Jerusalem. With the children singing like that and waving the palm branches and the people shouting and throwing their jackets down, their robes down on the, on the road. What a, what a victorious scene that must have been. Well, let's talk about that road for a little bit. Let's talk about your road. When you look ahead in the future, what do you see on that road ahead? <laughs> For our young people, maybe that road ahead means that there are some decisions you have to make about your education. You know, where you're going to go to school, what field of study you're going to get into, what career you'd like to be involved with. And then when you get out of school, it's, it's finding a job and, and getting into that career. And, and maybe there'll be some changes along the way but it's also a time when maybe you start to settle down and fall in love with somebody and get married and start a family. Those are some big changes on that road. And then after you start that family, you find that your, your attention on the future changes a little bit too because you start thinking of the future of your children. And so you're working with them and planning for them. And then there's that day when they all leave the house. <laughs> And the house is empty, and, and you start thinking about your retirement time and planning for that and the, the, the travels or the enjoyment that you're going to have. So when you think about the road ahead, maybe those are some of the things you think about. Of course, we know that not everything is so planned out. There will be some things that maybe you weren't expecting. Maybe there'll be some job losses that come along the way. Maybe some difficulties with finances, some breaks and ends with relationships, maybe some health difficulties. A lot of different things on that road ahead, isn't there? But now let me ask you this. When you look down that road ahead, do you see Jesus there? Uh, more specifically, do you see yourself going down that road with Jesus? Going back to Palm Sunday and that glorious event, the people were kind of thinking ahead down the road. That festival occasion was a time for them to think about what Jesus was going to do for them and what their future would be like. They were so excited. But behind the scenes, behind the crowd, in the hearts of some of the people, there weren't such positive thoughts. There were people there who weren't appreciative of Jesus. There were people there who had thoughts of denial and plans of betrayal on their mind. They didn't want to walk with Jesus. Jesus knew exactly what was on that road ahead of him. He knew about the denial and the betrayal. He knew about the hatred that he would experience, the suffering and the death on the cross. Jesus knew that all. But yet he continued to walk, dedicated in that direction for us. Prior to that walk down that road, Jesus had talked to his disciples about their walk. Today in the last message of our series on cross purposes, we want to talk about our walk with Jesus, a cross walk. We're going to look at the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples right after he just talked to them, and we studied those words last week. 
about the purpose of the cross that he would have to bear. Let's pick up the conversation from Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Our walk, the road that we are on, we might kind of summarize it with the word our lifestyle. How we're living. What is it that characterizes your lifestyle? For a lot of us, we'd probably identify it with our career, with all the things that we do and, and all the activities that we're involved in. Others might identify their lifestyle by what their particular interests or likes are. Maybe they have certain hobbies or certain collections. And then there are some people who just have a lifestyle that they could easily identify by pointing to somebody else and say, I'm like that. Lifestyles, they're very easy for us to pick up. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he asked his disciples to look at their life and ask what they were pursuing, what they were going after. It basically comes down to two questions that he was asking them. Do you walk with the crowd or do you walk with God? Now he talked about if anybody would come after him, if anybody would follow him. And he was trying to emphasize that sometimes it's easy for us to follow other examples that are around us. Uh, look at how easily we do that. The way we dress, for example. We're simply following the styles of the day. The activities that we get involved in. We simply follow or get involved with the things that are going on around us. That can also happen with the way we view life, with our beliefs, with what we're pursuing. It's very easy for us to follow what's going on around us. And that's why Jesus wanted to ask, what is your walk like? Are you simply walking with the crowd, going with everybody else? Or do you want to come after him? He said there were three things that would describe our coming after him, denying ourselves, taking up his cross, and following after him. But let's look at those things and ask ourselves some questions like this. Do I deny myself or do I live for myself? That is, am I just pursuing those things that are of interest to me? looking for things that are going to satisfy me and, and bring me fulfillment and enjoyment in life? Is that my main focus? Is that what I want out of these 80, some of you, 90 years of life? When Jesus was asking this question, Judas was in that crowd. He heard the lesson, and it had to be a question that would strike right at his heart. 
Because his plan was to turn against God. And why? Because he wanted to pursue financial gain. That's what drove him to betray Jesus. He wanted some money. What was it that that crowd was looking for on Palm Sunday in Jesus? Why were they so welcoming and so exciting? Because they thought that Jesus would now restore the great kingdom of Israel again and make their city super and take care of all of their needs? Was it simply that they were looking to see what it was Jesus could satisfy in myself? Jesus said if we want to go after him, follow after him, then we need to also take up his cross. And by that he was referring to why he would suffer on the cross. Are we going to accept that or deny it? In the words right before our passage this morning, Jesus had clearly laid out that he was going to suffer, die, and rise again. And Peter interrupted him and, say, and said, No, Lord, this is never going to happen. I am not going to permit this. He couldn't understand the purpose for the cross. He wanted to put an end to it, prevent it from happening. And maybe the others would have said the same too. Maybe that crowd on Palm Sunday didn't want to see that cross happen. Maybe we would not have wanted to see the cross happen. Maybe that's denying Christ and why he came. We'd rather see in Christ this, this wonderful teacher who set a nice example for us, who taught us how we should live our lives. Maybe we'd rather look at him and see, here's the guy who can solve all my problems with just a snap of the finger. But you know, if his way of living doesn't agree with my way of living, or if his snap of the finger doesn't come and my problems keep mounting up, then why bother with Christ? See how easy it would be to deny the cross? Finally, Jesus said we have to follow after him. But not all would do that. Some would forsake Christ. They would turn away from him because they didn't want, they didn't accept, they didn't understand what he was doing. And I'm talking about people who were right there with him, his own disciples. They would all flee from him when he got in trouble. Peter would deny knowing me. Judas turned his back completely on him. Peter did recognize, though, his failure and realized that it was only in Jesus that he could find what was absolutely needed, forgiveness and a right standing with God. And so he turned back to Jesus. He stopped following the crowd and instead he started walking with God. And that's what Jesus would have us examine about our life today too. Our walk. What's on that road ahead? Am I just walking with the world or am I walking with God? Will I deny myself? By that I mean, will I realize that I can't do what God expects of me? I can't count on my own strength, my own ability to please God. I've got to deny myself when it comes to being right with God and fully rely on Jesus and what he has done for me with his life and with his death on the cross. It's like the Apostle Paul put it in Galatians chapter 2. 
we need to recognize that I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's denying self and clinging fully to Christ alone. Then we need to take up the cross. Not only to recognize that what Jesus has done for us gives us that right standing, but to recognize that what he did in laying down his life for us removes all those things that block me, that disqualify me from a right standing with God. I need to take up his cross because there is where I find life. I know Dalkman, he was talking about taking up the cross. He meant identifying ourselves with him. That is, surrendering ourselves to his will, his plan of salvation. And then being ready, ready to sacrifice or to suffer whatever may be, to hold on to that cross and never to deny him. Finally, I will do as Christ says, I will follow him. That is, I will walk in the steps, follow the path that he laid. Peter urges that when he says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Wearing his robe of righteousness, having my sins removed because of his death, now I want to follow him in his steps. I want to imitate him. I want to serve like he served others. I want to show love like he showed love. And I want to share the salvation of God just as he has shared it with me. That's what my walk wants to be. Walking with God in those steps. I often go and see a chiropractor. And, and what he does to fix me it's kind of interesting because he makes a, a very careful examination of, of me. And he starts off by just looking at me. He says, stand up. I stand up. And I say, oh, you're, you're leaning this way. Or you're bent over that way. Or you're all messed up. You're all twisted or whatever it is. And then he very carefully goes through every spot on my spine to bring it back in alignment. What I appreciate about him is the careful attention that he's paying to straighten me up. That's where we need to start, with our own vision of ourself. That is, taking a good, hard, and honest look of what is our walk with God like. Am I walking with God or am I walking with the crowd? Am I denying myself? Am I taking up his cross as my salvation and following in his ways? Or am I forsaking all that to go after the world instead? In other words, I need to check to see how I'm standing. How am I standing with God? When I look at myself, I see what the chiropractor sees. I'm bent, I'm leaning this way, I'm twisted, I'm all messed up. I need help. But it isn't going to come from here. It's going to come from there. It's going to come from the cross. I'm going to realize that in Christ I have that right standing. And then knowing that, that's what I seek to follow. 
That's the direction I want for myself. And so I want to look at my life and see, am I walking in the way that God wants me to walk? Now you're all here today, wonderful day. But what about the rest of the day? What about the rest of the week? Are you going to walk with God? Now we might say to ourselves, yes I am. Oh, I'll, oh, I'll stray a little bit, and we all do. But sometimes people tend to keep straying. You know, they get off a little bit, and that little bit just sends them farther and farther away. And that's what I see happening with some of you, that you're taking these little steps and getting farther and farther away from God. And then there are people who are just saying, I don't want any of it, and just very blatantly walking away from God. What direction are you headed in? Take a good, hard, and honest look at your walk and the road that you're on. Sometimes as we're walking around, uh, we're also busy and we're carrying a lot of things, right? We have our briefcases and backpacks all loaded with all sorts of things. Our hands are filled with all sorts of uh, grocery bags and, and boxes and and sometimes our, we're just grabbing all sorts of kids and running off places. We've got a lot. Sometimes as we're going through life, we're carrying a lot of worries and concerns, a lot of other interests. When you weigh yourself down with a lot of those things, you end up getting weaker. And sometimes you drop something. Sometimes you stumble. Sometimes you, you get off course. Remember what Jesus invited us to do, to cast all of our cares, all of our loads on him and let him carry them. And then see the freedom that comes from being yoked up, from being joined with him and walking freely and, and faithfully on his road. Palm Sunday was a great day for people to come and to welcome Jesus, but what was on that road ahead? It's a wonderful experience that we have worshiping this morning. What's on the road ahead? Take a look. Jesus wants us to keep looking down that road, to keep looking further ahead to see where we're going. What are we after? His words again. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What he's asking is, what are you interested in? Are you seeking that earthly gain? What can I get out of the life these 70, 80, or 90 years I'm going to live? What's going to bring me fulfillment and satisfaction? And so we get ourselves involved in so many things and, and load ourselves up with all sorts of earthly pleasures. Now, I'm not saying that we can't enjoy any of those things, but is that what I really want? Is that my only purpose in life? Paul warned us about that, about just looking at life now and not thinking further down the road. Paul wrote this. He said, For as I have often told you before, and I'll tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Did you hear the warning? 
Paul is telling us if we're only interested in that earthly gain, if we're only looking for life now, then we're going to suffer a loss forever. The destiny is destruction. That's because the things of this world can't save us. The things of this world can't really fulfill and satisfy us. That will only come from Jesus. His perfect life. His punishment for our sin on the cross and a resurrection that assures us of our resurrection. And so Jesus is telling us to look further down the road. He said, the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus is telling us to look at him. Look at him. Because there we will see that eternal glory. Just a few days after Jesus spoke these words, that glory was evident to his disciples as he was transfigured. That is, where his divine glory shone through that human shell. A few weeks after that, they would see it again. When they, though they saw him beaten and crucified, they would see him gloriously alive again back from the dead. And then a few weeks after that, they would see him ascend into heaven where they believed that he was now enthroned over all things for our good. And then they themselves would experience some of that glory as God would pour out on them the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, filling them with such faith and boldness and gifts that they would be strong testifiers of this truth. Jesus promises us that we will receive his glory when he comes back in the Father's glory. That no matter what this road may have now for us, with its disappointments and struggles, there will be a glory that awaits us that's like his glory, for he will fashion these lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. That's what's on the road ahead. Is that where you are headed? Our road... What is it like? On Palm Sunday, what a victorious welcome it was for Jesus. But it was short-lived. Perhaps the people were short-sighted. You and I are on a spiritual road now. You know, it's an interesting detail that the writers of the scriptures noted for us. The people took off their robes and they threw them down on the ground as Jesus would ride over them. Let's do that with our robes. Our robes that are dirty with our unrighteous acts, let us throw them down that Jesus may take them on him. Let's simply turn our sins over to him and then trust that the robe he wears, that glorious robe of righteousness, is ours. This week is the holiest time of the year for us Christians. We have that opportunity on Monday, Thursday to gather, to take that holy meal that he has prepared for us, to give us his body and blood, the payment made, to give us assurance of our sins. On Friday, we can gather at that cross and see how he paid the price full and complete for our sins. No punishment for us. And next Sunday, we gather with joyous confidence in our living Lord and the promise of our eternal life. It's all about our salvation. 
That's the road we are on. Sometimes we hear of activities that people are involved in for various charitable events, and they might be called something like a, a walk for life. My friends, the road that we are on is also a walk for life, a special, sacred, and saving road we call the crosswalk. May God bless our walk with Jesus. Amen.